I would definitely encourage anyone who's listening that wants to find out more or do their own research to reach out to us. I had an editor at a small publication in the state reach out to me to ask me more questions about Bill Gates, and I was able to give him some chunks of our data to run off of himself. So we're so happy to do that. If you want to do more research, we can pull things up to you and send over what we know, because obviously we could not get to everything. Sure. <laughs> we're two people who are on a tight timeline, so there's definitely You've got more the power of out. 10 people, if I may say so. It's You're the, very kind. Yes, that's at least five people per brain. That's what I'm saying, but. Yeah. We're back for part two on the wonderful series Flatwater Free Press did Who's Buying Nebraska, Destiny Herber's Yenshi Shu, and we're going to tell you a bunch more interesting things that you didn't know. Why should we care? Why should the average person care about this series? I think that when you are telling other people that this is the reality, you always want to fact check if that's actually the reality, right? So when you hear all these people making uh, these statements about Ted Turner, Bill Gates, and everyone saying that they're the biggest landowners, then you wonder if that's true. I think that was the one of the biggest reasons why we started this project. And so we want people to have good information. And if people think that out-of-state owners are coming here to Nebraska for the water, you might not be aware that you can't just draw water without any sort of restrictions. It, that might be the reality in other states, but it's not the case here, for example. You can't. A lot of local NRDs, natural resources districts, actually have regulations and allocations in place. And then when you also hear about what people are coming to Nebraska because we have an abundance of groundwater, and then it and then maybe there's a price to it, and people think that it's driving up the price. Then they think it's all out-of-state owners that are driving up the price. But then you talk to brokers and uh, who have first-hand knowledge of it, and they, they don't think that it's the biggest reason. For example, like the majority of land buyers are still local farmers who have some sort of a tie to the, the land that they're bidding for. So we and haven't lost it all yet. No, it's not. No, it's you don't not have to go cry lost. in the hallway for Herbie <laughs> right. Husker. Yeah. Yeah. So I think these are things that we want readers to understand and maybe help account for the nuance that we found ourselves in, in the reporting process itself. And then personally also think that it can help establish this baseline for people to understand we can revisit this issue a couple of years down the road or a decade later just to see how much of that has changed again and at least this time we know who's been buying land in nebraska in the past five years and we can yeah take a we know there. it's not a mystery anymore are there any new concerns that sparked for you something that maybe the general public should be concerned about as you've taken in all this data should government be concerned? Is there anything prior to this that wasn't on your mind that is now? Yeah, I think we saw a lot of what we expected to see, issues yeah. with small starting out farmers not being able to afford parcels of their own because of that issue of consolidation. I think consolidation is probably the biggest sort of issue of land buying as it is when someone like 
the church buys all of these parcels of land and slowly and picks them off and then brings them all under their ownership most likely when they sell it's going to be to another bigger entity and that's something we saw with bill gates that land had been consolidated under an investment company before him and had changed investment company hands and it's once you gather all that land under rich big money people it's not like you can pick the pieces back off to start out and right. become a small farmer. Yeah. And I think we also saw that with the data center story. There's land being changed over for technology development and things like that. And what we heard from John Hansen of Nebraska Farmers Union was that that's making it impossible to start out. That yeah. land doesn't go back how it was. Yeah, the data center that's usually pitched as a big positive and you've got the flashy names of Silicon Valley powers that be and that type of thing, but being harder for the little guy seems to be across the spectrum of American life and not just in land, but people do think, oh, it's easier maybe to start here, but is it? Yeah, and any development does that, so there's no saying if it's net good or net bad, it just... Yeah, the the use of the land changes. Exactly. And then there are people who are just, they're lamenting this change of landscape if you have less, or maybe even if their farmland can sell for really high price, they don't want that. Some of them didn't really want to sell. Some folks are in their 80s. They're just like, stop bothering me. I'm not going to sell to you. Like, however much it's worth on paper, it's my family's land. And I, as a person, I respect that. Yeah. there's this overall kind of shift in what land is being used and what holds an appeal to people. And then with technology makes sense that it's possible these days for absentee owners to hand it all over to someone else to take care of their land. And it happens for a reason. And so I I think in in the project, we try to capture all that. And then another part of it that was a little challenging for us was really figuring out the identity of those buyers sometimes and because a lot of times it's hidden by these limited liability companies and and headquartered in Delaware and some other place they sometimes have a local agent that takes care of the paperwork but when it comes to actually getting a hold of them it, it was pretty difficult and what's interesting is that deeds and these public records exist and you can look at their transactions if you're interested so i'd encourage anyone who's listening and who has an interest in this to look up public records and see if there's anything that seems weird and you're wondering about give us a call yeah do you have any comparison like where nebraska ranks in comparison to kansas our neighboring states maybe are we similar or is that just a whole other world or did you see any other series like this of a different state that you go oh okay iowa public media has a gazette oh gazette yeah, that, that Somewhere originally started. In Iowa. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, An esteemed Iowa publication <laughs> yes. that we greatly respect. Yes. Um, had done an article that was similar to our first story in this series that was basically just breaking down some of the top landowners. And I think some of the trends that they saw were similar to the trends we've seen with some out of state investment groups. Um, so no one was like, oh my God, what's going on here is different or out of step with the rest of the nation. Um, what you could gather was that we seem to be pretty standard. Yeah, and the sense that we get is 
Nebraska has some certain qualities that make it attractive, like the aquifer and the wind. The Canadians. <laughs> Nebraska is very attractive to wind developers right now, but they're still not even the top in the state for, or in the country for that. I've lived in California and spent some time working in Texas, where you see the everywhere you go, you're like, damn, this is <laughs> yeah wild amount of wind mills. And, and I feel like I never really see that here. I know there's some, but yeah. not in the massive where in Texas you'll see. But yet, what was it heading in that direction or are we going to see that? It's hard to see. We only yeah. had five years to right. look at. So sure. you can't derive much of a trend um, from that, which was an issue we kept feeling in our reporting. Definitely, if we could do it again from the very beginning, we would want more years from yeah. the very beginning. But by the time we came to that thought, <laughs> we were too far. That's fascinating. And as I, I said, I'll link again to the full series on the newsletter side. If you're a subscriber, if not, check out flatwaterfreepress.org. And uh, how's the water? How is our water doing? I know you're <laughs> our expert of drinking water and underground aquifer, everything. Are, are we all right? I'd say that it, it's a an area of interest that keeps developing. And then I'd say... If you're on your private well, check your water, get it tested. If you can, can't emphasize how many times experts have told me that. And keep an eye out for water notices if they come your way because there is an EPA limit on many chemicals that are harmful to human bodies. And Yeah, definitely be aware and, and we'll keep doing other stories about the water we're drinking as well. I know you've got some cool stuff in the mix and hope to have you back on to talk about that. Any final thoughts? Anytime, reach out to us if you have yeah. a, a story idea in mind that you think that we haven't covered that is important. Your ears yeah. are open. Yeah, and, exactly. and the pop-up for people, I exactly. think I don't want to step on anything, but I think I can say there's going to be more pop-ups yes. uh, at different libraries. So come on out. It's a great opportunity to go meet you guys and hear what you have to say and throw in your own two cents and what yeah. at the pop-up surprise anything interesting that you weren't that was the first one you'd done right it was like i hadn't heard that you'd ever done that before yeah we've done some listening tours yeah. further out in the state right. um, but this was the first sort of one day shorter term yeah you've you given the heisman area. trophy to omaha and now <laughs> we're back listen to the big city folks but cool and you had a great response a bunch of people come out and that had to be nice to get some validation and know some putting faces instead of just emails or random wackos on x or on facebook or whatever right how would you judge an omaha crowd coming in versus some of the listening tours you've done further out in the state people are of course from different backgrounds but i really appreciate everyone's interest and learning more about us, learning more about how to get our news. And I'll just say it one more time, go on flatwaterfreepress.org and then you can sign up for our newsletter that comes out every Friday from yes. uh, Matthew. And yeah, I, I'd say that people are really, I think, showing great interest in their own communities and it's very encouraging actually. And yeah. that they're curious mm -hmm. about what source information that they are able to get from small towns and they're losing their publications or having a increasingly harder time finding reliable information and so i think we want to tell people stories and we want people to have good sources of information so so i think it's a two-way street it's not like just us 
giving people information that we think that we're sho- you know, right. shoving down their throats. You're having a like, conversation with right. your readers as opposed to just proclaiming mm-hmm. from on high. It's all about civic engagement. That's why I was interested because Matthew talked on a previous episode, which go back, we have three wonderful episodes with Matthew Hansen. If you haven't had a chance to check those out, talk about the history of Flatwater and a bunch of interesting things. But he talked about you put out a story and the town folk gets riled up and everybody shows up. I know at least one or two in particular. And I was hoping it wouldn't be a more jaded, maybe cosmopolitan Omaha or whatever. Like we, we want that here too. the mm-hmm. civic. And I, that's why I'm trying to do this, right, have something right, exactly. every day to do the same thing. Every community has different priorities. And that's why we're trying to go to as many as we can, because we want to hear that. Obviously, we work in Omaha most days. It's really important to us to get that perspective. Um, And I I know that in the future, we're hoping to get into North O and South O and even get different sides of the city that we don't immediately see in just our day-to-day reporting. It really matters to us a lot to hear from those communities, too, and have them represented. Great. Can't put it better than that. Destiny Herbers, Yenshi Shu, honored to have you. So that's who's buying Nebraska. We know now. We've solved it. We don't have to speculate on conspiracy boards and on crazy stuff. We know. Thank you for figuring it out. Really appreciate and we'll look forward to having both of you back in the future. Congrats on the series and thanks. Thank you. Thank you.